is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Super excited you decided to join us. Um, before we do that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. The, the they're always I, I can't even imagine the next technology that they're going to roll out but they're always rolling out new technology mention coach unplugged they'll give you 350 dollars off also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better as i'm taping this there's a 14-day free trial nothing else like that on the web no one else believes in their product like i do no one's giving you a 14-day free trial if they are let me know i'll make mine longer but uh, because I believe in it so much, I believe it's it's everything you need to become a better basketball coach. So go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast. Today we're going to start part one of two parts of talking to Coach Brid- Bridgeland um, at Whitman College. So it's going to be a great interview. We're going to dive into it. Hopefully, it will it will help you through this process we call coaching. And I love these interviews because there's all sorts of great golden nuggets. So, uh, so Coach, you are in Washington State. Is that correct? Walla Walla, Washington. South Walla East Walla, Washington. God, yeah, wow. I love, first of all, I love the name Walla Walla, Washington. Where did that come from? Do you know where that origin is? Uh, you know, Walt, Walt Whitman was the guy that, uh, um, that got slaughtered by all the Indians or something near here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's one of those places people hear about, but they know all the time. So what I'm going to have you do, Coach, is because I kind of know your background a little bit. I'm going to have you kind of go through your basketball journey, um, okay. you know, how you kind of started, where you were, how you ended up where you are right now. You know, you've been so successful last, you know, handful of years. It's unbelievable. Um, and then just kind of tell people that your journey and then we'll, I, it, we'll just dive in and, and we'll go from there. And I, you know, just whatever, whatever road we'll walk down at that point, we'll okay. see where we go. Okay. Um, I could say uh, when I started playing um Briefly in high school, uh, I was in uh, kind of a broken home, um, and I uh, there was no one ever home when I got there, and so I, I, I spent all my time with the coaches. I was in uh, four different high schools in four years, uh, and and those oh. coaches 
uh, invested in me and believed in me and built me to where I didn't need basketball anymore, which is a big deal. Um, and so I uh, thought I'm always going to be a coach as, uh, you know, as if I couldn't play, I was going to coach. Right. Right. So, and then once I got um, began in the coaching, uh, it was like, I'm going to try to be the next John Wooden and, you know, being a 23 year old, you know, right. Right. yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and uh, that was a, uh, uh, volunteer position at West Florida under Don Hogan, who was, uh, I, we're, we're still in touch. He's an amazing coach. And then, um, I was the restricted earnings coach at, uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, um, my coach left there and then I went to, uh, Colorado School of Mines Division Two. Yep. And, um, my coach left there. Uh, and then I, I went to the West Coast, uh, with, uh, Bob Gaylord at yep. Alusa Park, who's a, a phenomenal coach, uh, maybe the best coach I've ever been around. I mean, and he really, really made an impact on me in a variety of ways. And then from there, I joined my coach at Carl School Mines at Cal State Bakersfield. Okay. Uh, he and I were um, assistants under Henry Clark, who was there with Pat Douglas when they won all the championships in Division Two in the 90s. Yep. And um, then I got my first head coaching job at uh, UC Santa Cruz. I was there okay. for uh, two seasons. I'm, I'm hired on October 8th and, and um, left uh, like almost 18 months later or whatever it was at, you know, a May something for uh, Puget Sound. Okay. Yep. I was there. And I was there for five years, and then I left to, uh, to I go to Pepperdine with Vance Wahlberg for two years. Yep. Uh, and then from Pepperdine back to Whitman, and been in one spot so, now. So, 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 literally, you sound like you, I mean. So, I, for the co- all the young coaches and stuff. This is part of the profession. I mean, well, you've been at, you've been at Whitman how long now? Six years. Uh, no. um, Eleven years, but that's Eleven. the longest I've been in one place. I can tell, like, you know, um, kids nowadays, like. You know, like they say the uh, millenniums or, you know, whatever they are, the wise or, you know, right. Uh, like, like you got to pay a price and like everybody wants a coach. Right. Right. You know, it, there's just, there's just no supply for a whole lot of demand, you know, or let no demand for a lot of supply. Yeah. Or that works. Right. Like I moved for, um, for uh, seven straight years, I threw all my stuff in the car and drove to the next destination, you know, and, right. and you were always doing something on the side, whether it be a seven 11 or as a personal trainer in one spot, right. You know, I was um, uh, cleaning dorms in another. Right. Just, so, tell, so tell about this. So, so tell coaches that are listening. What, so what, what, what was, what do you think you took from that? Cause trust me, you, you're one of the winningest coaches in college basketball right now. Like the, you look at the last five years, you're like, you, you know, Bo Ryan, like Bo Ryan was one of the winningest coaches when he retired. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Uh, like uh, what I took from that is, is uh, everybody, everybody wants to be a coach and there's just no positions, you know? So, right. so it was like you had, I thought when I was done playing that um, either I would keep playing uh, until I was 27, 28 maybe, or right. I would probably be a head coach by the time I was 27, 28. So right. when, I, uh, when we didn't have kids, uh, was moving every single year to, and, and, and working camps every summer and networking. And I put so much work in, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that's, that's any more than anybody else, or, but, you know, but I right. really, seven, eight years, dove into it um, until I got that first head coaching. Uh, right. Uh, chance you know and then, so, and then and, and, and my guess is and this is from my coaching career when I moved around too it's like you take a little bit of everybody <laughs> gosh, like, let me tell you yeah uh, you know it was so interesting because um at West Florida was my first um experience as a volunteer and, and I remember just stuffing envelopes every day and the, you know the uh, booster envelopes and uh, stuffing envelopes and uh, Don Hogan was was a, a little bit looser than what I thought because um, I'm thinking structure, you got to do it the right way and be a good teammate. Right. You know, right. Uh, highly effective at it, you know. Yeah. And and like the players had some freedom, um, 
at Stephen F. Austin, there's a, a magical assistant there named uh, Derek Gallister that, that led with the heart right. and loved the guys. And, and the guys would kill for him. And that was like a mental note of like, boy, okay. I was going to like that anyway. Right. But, you know, uh, you got to be about them. And, and they will kill for you, just right. like I would have friend of those um, high school coaches, you know. Right. And then, uh, you know, um, Carl School Mines was, was a whole bunch of pinch post offensive stuff that I liked. Um, and, and even at Stephen F. Austin, we had an offense where we kind of came down and we ran just to one spot on the floor each time. So the guys only took shots from that one spot that they're supposed to. <laughs> it's like running flex. And yeah. We play man-to-man defense where they would stand five feet away and they would wave their hands like this. And we right. would teach them. You got to wave right. your hand like this, and you're like, "Where are we?" You know, right. I never, you know. Right. Um, and then uh, Cal State Bakersfield was extremely loose, uh, but they were the winningest program uh, in college basketball behind Bo Ryan and Kansas in the '90s, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so just to see the inner workings there. Um, There's more than one way to skin a cat. Is basically the oh, moral, the lesson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how to raise money there, um, and which is critical, um, especially at the small college level, right? Right. And then, uh, let's see, uh, Lewis and Clark College, you know, uh, the first day of practice, uh, I, I drove up at 5.15 a.m. and we had practice at 6 and two kids just came, uh, or uh, two vans, there's a whole bunch of kids that came piling out of these vans. Right. I'm thinking, I'm late. They're all right. waiting to practice. And I'm like, this is great. Division right. three, like, wow. This yeah. is, you know. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, UC Santa Cruz is like, boy, this is your first head coaching job. And, and um, I remember throwing off uh, our best player um, that second year in, in the in the first week, and going. I recruit, you know, I recruited him for nine months. Right and now I, he's I, gone. <laughs> about that, right? Like, okay, maybe I should have given him some more role. You know, right? Things you learn, and then and then um, uh, Puget Sound was was fun, um, and I really really started to uh, develop the way that I wanted to play. Uh, pressing and running and uh, we had some magical years there I mean right. in our um, last three years we were what the uh, second winningest program in the country and, and uh, uh, we were one of two uh, two teams that go to the Sweet 16 it was um, us and Amherst um, playing that way like I realized at Santa Cruz that like the rest of the country especially the Midwest and East they had prep school kids and men like they come around right. out of the locker room and you're like, we can't yeah. beat them. <laughs> so, so, how, how, so, so let's talk about recruiting because you brought that up. So what's the difference between, I mean, are you recruiting the nation? I mean, are you recruiting the nation? Or are you recruiting a it depends, mile radius? Yeah, it depends on the school, you know. Like okay. uh, um, uh, UC Santa Cruz was California because it was a UC school. University right. Of California. right. Uh, uh, Puget Sound was West Coast-wise in, in uh, California. California's its own country, so you can always recruit California regardless of where you're at. Right. Uh, Whitman's been different. It's been, uh, boy, it's been uh, international because we have international money. Okay. You know, yeah. Um, it's a West Coast. But I've uh, I've always been a firm believer that, um, in terms of recruiting, you got to give the kids love. You know, you got to go down and see them. You got to develop a relationship. And, and because yep. of the budgets at the uh, small college level, you better do it close. You know, it better be right next door, or it better right. be in the region. Right. You know, that's uh, that approach. And the reason I asked the question is. Um, the Amherst thing, my son's a pretty bright kid. So he's looking at some, he's looking at schools like that just for school wise. And if he plays, he plays, I don't really, you know, it is what it is. But, um, and, uh, and at their swatch is really bigger, but the amount of kids that can get into that school is, yeah. is so small. Um, 
but that, in some respects, I think that maybe makes it easier for them. You know, they, they know that they have to, you know, they go to the, to the Ivy League elite camps and that's where they're looking for their kids kind of thing. Yeah, that's what they're known like Amherst. Like uh, those schools, they call made jobs. You know, like, it doesn't matter who's going to be there. Of course, Coach Hitchens has done a great job. But they kind of recruit themselves. People send tapes and, you know, right. William Palmer, Chicago, uh, you know, uh, Middlebury, Tufts. Uh, no one really knows who Whitman is, you know. Right. Uh, and like we got here, there's one winning season in 20 years. And it was like, well, we're not really to that level, Amherst and Williams. But we're, we're the best academic school in the Northwest. Right. So, how do you sell that? You know, we uh, can't compete with Claremont or Point Pitzer on a kid. Right. Uh, those, 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 those are crazy hard schools to get into too. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's like, where, you know, like we're in Walla Walla in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's, and it costs 70,000 a year and we're as liberal as liberal gets, uh, you know, right. Right. Kids, but you know, you just, uh, yeah, each school is its own little puzzle that and, way. And, and so where, where, where is Walla Walla in comparison to Washington? How far are you from San Francisco? It's far away from everything. Okay. So uh, we're, <laughs> we're um, let's see, we're four hours away from Seattle, Portland, um, Boise, two and a half okay. uh, south of Spokane, where Gonzaga's at. Okay. Okay. And a 12 hour drive from San Francisco, you know, there's a oh, flight. Yeah. You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, it's wine country, but you know, eighteen-year-olds don't really give a rip about wine. Yeah, they they really don't. <laughs> um, so let's talk about let's talk about um, what's your coaching philosophy. Let's talk about your coaching philosophy. You know, I, I uh, uh, truly, if there's one thing that we do or that we try to do is um, uh, get kids where they aspire to be. Okay. And and that's the bottom line. If we have coaches come in. Um, it's get the coaches where they aspire to be. How much value can we add to their journey and get them where they right. want to be, where they aspire right. to be. So right. everything we do within the program, uh, and you're like probably talking in a basketball sense, but in terms of internships and uh, uh, professional development um, life skills, we spend the majority of our time doing that and recruiting, you know? Right. Uh, uh, in, that's where it's at for us. If we don't win a game, that's fine. Right. Uh, and, how, and, and, and how do you, how, how do you go about recruiting? Because you, you're limited. You're not, you're not, for the, for the listeners, you're, you're not like, you're not like buzz. You're not getting on a buzz. Will you're not, you're not like, you know, well, Calipari like, getting on a private jet to, to go look yeah, at kids. There's a nothing to do downtown. Uh, there's nothing to do on campus, even though we have the second happiest students or whatever. Right. Right. Um, you know, but we have uh, an unbelievable job placement uh, ratio. Like, like we're uh, placing guys. And so if you're in the basketball books in the future in relationships, we're worth looking at. You right. Know? Right. We're uh, kind of like a cult on campus. And we take that as a as a compliment. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else in town. So we um, pack the gym and okay. uh, you know, like our, our latest playoff game uh, sold out in six minutes. And we had uh, people camping outside, you know. Right. And you're like, right. wow. You know, so. If you're basketball and books in relationships, that's that's kind of our slogan, you know. Basketball and books, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, what does your prat? What does your normal practice look like? I always ask coaches this. I will tell you, um, five. Well, six if years. I walked into your practice, what would I see, and would I know after? And this is what I ask coaches: If I walked into your practice, what would I see, and what would I know after five to ten minutes? That, that's why I need to explain it. Okay. Okay. If, if it were five to six years ago, you would see a detailed practice plan, which is still pretty detailed, minute to minute. Um, uh, but you would have saw intensity, structure, uh, focus, 
Yep. There's no, no we're, there is no fun. Fun is driving to win something. Right. You know, every play. And uh, I went through a real a personal transformation that that uh, I, I kind of gave up trying to win, which is uh, a part of stoicism and stuff. And but um, so now you come in, and it's how much fun can we have? Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Couple things you could do for us. Um, if you're really liking these, please go over and subscribe and link. We would really do appreciate that. It does mean a lot to us. We would also ask that you go over and check out teachhoops.com. Make a commitment to your coaching. Say that I am going to become a better coach. This community is there. It helps us keep the lights on at Coach Unplugged, but it also, you know, has resources and videos. And I would put it up second to none on the on the web. Um, a lot of these a lot of these sites are stagnant. I am there. I'm answering emails. I've already got calls for tomorrow. I am in there. I'm in the community. I'm there to help you. So go over and check it out. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Right. So you would see the first 20 minutes of us jacking up shots. Look like we got let out of our cages. And, and you'd be, what is this? It looks like a club. And you'd go, this has got to be the biggest joke that I've ever seen. You know? Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, uh, technically, you would see us getting shots out of our offense. Okay. Uh, but pumping. You know, and, and uh, the first 35, 40 minutes is all individual uh, development and uh, getting up shots in our office. Wow. Um, and That's not the norm. That's not the norm. It's, the first, it's, it's today's kid, I'll tell you. It is. Uh, you know, uh, they want to have fun. Um, and, and, if, and if you can incorporate fun and joy into what you're doing, um, it's incredible uh, uh, the outcomes that you get. You know? Right. And that's what we try to do. Okay, and, and so that, this kind of leads into our into your offense. So is this how the fence offense came into play? Well, uh, back to where we don't have the talent that the rest, uh, and we uh, can't attract the talent that the rest of the country can. Um, that's just factual. And so how do we uh, get one of their bigs out of the game? Because we can't recruit anyone that's above 6'8 that's any good. Okay. So make it a full court game, right? And, and right. you can only do guards. There's a trillion guards, you know? Right. So we have a, uh, we uh, we made a guard system that that uh, made it a full court game. We pressured, we ran, um, and then it just got to be okay. Well, dribble drive opened my eyes to uh, driving lanes and to uh, getting to the basket, drawing fouls. We've let yep. the country free throws uh, made and attempted the last what five years. Okay, um, and it's like if if you truly know the dribble drive, it's very structured. It's not as open as you would think. You know, like not, guy, I, I can defend it. Trust me. We've had people in our league do it. I can defend the dribble drive. Yeah, I know how to yeah. defend it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, in, in uh, you know, I work for Vance Walbert, right? So, so right. it's like, I was, you know, I understand the dribble drive. Right. It was like, why don't we just get people out of the way? You know, like, uh, so we started putting people instead of like um, block, block line extended. Right. Uh, mid lane. We started putting them on the baseline. Okay. So we're extreme with, with um, everything that we do. So guys would be on the baseline or literally on the sidelines, the fence, right? Right. Uh, creating an unbelievable vacuum of uh, space where you can't possibly guard one guy with that amount of space. It's almost like you have them standing on the NBA three up top. No, we have them standing on the sideline. All the way over. It wouldn't matter what the offense um, we were running – uh, we would always have them on the NBA three because if you're going to shoot the three, you would want your momentum coming into the shot anyway, right? Right, so right. Point line. Yep. Uh, so we we would always be that deep anyway, but we are so wide that we're probably at 24, 25 feet on the opposite sideline. And then if our guy is off that, or if um, uh, the guy that's guarding me, let's say that I'm on the sideline, right? And 
he's he's off that line. Let's say he's on the nail, the free throw line. Right. We may drive it in and then just go right across, even without any help. And right. then all of a sudden, you have a rip and go weak side. And that's automatic offense. I mean, right. That's yeah, offense. It's isolations. It's almost yeah. what the Bucks are doing a little bit. They're just spreading so wide. Well, it frustrates me to watch the Bucks because they go one, two, two, and you see Giannis at top with no space. Right. They're sitting right there. There's nowhere so for them to go. So it's not a one, two, two. Then what? What? Describe it for the listeners. It could be a, a one, four low. It okay. could be uh, at at the most, it would be a two, three high with, with me having the ball, then the other guy on the opposite sideline, and okay. three on the back line. Okay. I mean, that's space. You want space? Yes. That's space. And 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 so all we do is work on. Uh, dribble handoffs. If we were, if we're not comfortable with attacking, flares on the weak side, um, and then how to, and then how to break your guy down. Okay. And and, and uh, we're obsessive with it. And so if no one helps and we're in the paint, that's a shot, right? Right. And, uh, and uh, so you're looking for guys that can handle the rock too. We look for scores because if you know, like if um, you can get guys to um, to uh, love each other and care about each other and play for each other, um, you know, if they're already instinctually scores. You've already got half the battle, right. you know, one, you know, like um, I would say if you got trapped, right, what would you tell your guard that got trapped? What's the first thing that like you would um, tell your offense to do? Cut. Okay. Whoever had the ball, what would you tell them to do? Look at the basket. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. You, you would, you would tell them also two, two passes out. Right. No right. Yeah. 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 Like, then you have a longer right. closeout. Right? right. Yep. So, so if we draw two when we're attacking, no matter what, we go two out. And so we're either at the cup or we get in the paint and we're two out and it's another look at a three or right. we're attacking one. Yeah. So it's, That's it's, the that, game. it's that constant movement. Oh, and if you like, if you watch the first game of uh, the Bucks, for instance, in uh, Toronto, that's all they were doing. It was almost to a fault. Right. You know, they were driving and they almost had a layup and then boom, they would skip it out and there's, you know. So in your practice, what are you spending your time on? You're spending your time on, on spacing. All we do is spacing, 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 uh, truckload of shots. We also play a, a whole lot of advantage, disadvantage stuff. So uh, we'll play four and four, um, but with the guy in the paint with a pad, uh, playing as the um, fifth defender, like a coach. Okay. So you may, you may beat your guy. There's a coach there with a the pad. So you have to consistently kick back out, swing the ball, attack again, because you're playing four versus five, right? Right. Uh, we'll do the same thing, three versus four. Um, so, I mean, real, and then we get in the game, and it's like, this is easy because this there's is no easy. one. Right. So let's say the guy catches it on the baseline, he gets to the short corner, and then he gets stopped at like 15, 15 16 feet. What do you do then? Uh, kick it back out and attack again. Okay. I mean, um, what's, been, what's been good for us is – like we have, we have X's in the corners, D corners, like on the baseline, even in practice, we'll have them um, actually on the baseline. So, so we might get a turnover or two in the game, which I'm not excited about because we're, we're already standing out of bounds. That's how deep we are. Okay. Rather be like that early, but, um, and then we'll have X's at around 16, 17 feet on the baseline. So if I'm a shooter, I can be on that 16, 17 foot X and let me just backtrack just for a second. If you're guarding me and I'm in the corner and you're in help and the ball is on the opposite side. Right. You know, uh, let's say that I'm mid lane and I start walking backwards to the corner. 
you're going to drop as far as you have to to where you can still see me. Okay. It doesn't matter if you have 10 people standing in the corner. You're going to keep dropping to where you can see your guy. Right? right. So by doing that, you get an extra three to four feet of depth where you can penetrate and turn the corner on, right? Right. So that's number one. Two, if you had a guy at 16 feet on the weak side on the baseline and then one in the corner, right? If you drove it, just like dribble drive, he would kick out of the corner most of the time, right? Right. You might kind of kick up like they, you know, they call it, right? The yep. guy that's at 16 feet, it's his man that'll help him to drive. Right. And so he pops corner or he goes underneath the rim, relocates under the rim. Okay. So you've got a layup or, or you've got a three. Okay. I can't tell you how many threes you've gotten in the corner off of that guy just turning the help and all of a sudden Boom. it's vacated. Right. Um, so we'll do a whole lot of times. We'll be at, at two, two, three low or we'll be one, four low okay. at times. And, and we'll just let them play out of that. They'll set a flare. It'll be a dribble handoff. And then dribble handoffs to me are incredibly difficult to guard. And why? Because it creates indecision, right? What's the whole game right now? The game is, is how many, you know, can you get the ball to the paint? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so how are you getting the ball of the game? Are, are, are you cutting and moving? Are you hitting guys back door? Are you penetrating? Is it, is it a post up? Are you high low? When right. we get, when, when we have any touch of the paint before a shot, we score or get fouled 28% more of the time. That's crazy. So, so at the lower level, so even at my level, when, when there's dribble handouts or even ball screens, the kids don't make great decisions. So they get doubled. So how do you counter that? I think we spend an enormous amount of time of, of attacking off the dribble, uh, playing, playing through contact with pads and practice. Right. Jump stopping and reverse pivoting and then throwing it out. There's always so there, there's always a spot behind the ball that's open. So so even though you might draw two, you can reverse pivot and there will be a guy open behind you. There's gonna be somebody back open behind you. That's a, that's a good point. I love this stuff about you're like your 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 ball screens are almost like moving screens. You know, uh, my friends think that they they like laugh at me and say this is the uh, stupidest thing, but. We make we make hand signals with our with um, our, our ball screens. So like we'll come up and we'll have an outside hand and we'll start on one side and go around to the other. Right. Uh, uh, that are really punishes hard show teams. Right. We'll have an outside hand for a slip. We'll have uh, two, two hands for a pop. We won't have any have any hands for like an angled screen. But we'll even roll them outside the lane. Right. We don't right. want to hit the roller anyway. Okay. So we'll just roll him like outside of the lane to uh, create more driving space. But see, okay. but we're penetration based. We're not right. a, and you're dealing with smart kids that can do those reads too. Like they can I don't do think it's too much of a read. You like, don't think so? We do some some um, two on O stuff, maybe two or three times. Um, I don't know, like uh, twice a week. Okay. Uh, but like, they're they're not thinking about hitting the roll guy at all. They're just looking for indecision in the the, the on ball defender. Right. So it is is he turning his head? Is he looking? Does he shift? Because all we're trying to do is get to the paint. Right. And so. In our practices and games too, uh, they're all they're all competition based. So as we're like, we'll have if uh, if uh, you get to the paint, it'll be worth two points. Right. If you score I do that two too. points, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and so and even in practice, individually, they will get a point if they get the ball to the paint. So they're not thinking about an assist. They don't care about an assist. They get right. an assist even going two out like a hockey assist. Right. So all we're thinking about is getting to the paint. So even if you're wrong on the read. All you're looking for is what your guy's doing, not yeah. 
Right, get into the thing. What do you think the hardest thing to teach is? Anything what, as a coach? Anything? Well, yeah, what's, what's our – I, I know there's a couple that are hard for high school coaches, but what do you think the hardest thing to teach is? Uh, we press. Well, I would say being elevated in the press and um, not wanting to stand next to your man. That's, okay. I mean, uh, that's – all you want to do is stand right next to your guy, even though you, you could give him 10 to 15 feet of space, you know, roll and, and like, see both, you know? And what kind of pressure do you do? Uh, it's, it's a, a combination of a uh, zone and man. Let me okay. go back to one more thing. Like, like, uh, I remember playing, I was on Canada's national team and, and uh, we played, uh, Carolina when they had Dean Smith and, uh, Montrose and Salvadori and Phelps and all those guys. Yep. And I will never forget on every single shot, those guys, seven foot, six, 11, a little bit, right. they would turn around and be like pointing to see who's crashing, you know, right. On every single shot. So right. a big thing in our, like our guys to turn and locate, is an act of God. How do you get them to, 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 to I, mean, I mean, just turn and locate, right? Right. They, and they don't want to do that in games, but like, so we focus a whole lot on uh, actions that lead to the things we want. So we don't talk about rebounding, defensive right. rebounding. We talk about, are you turning and locating? And we chart it. Right. right? If are you, you turn finding locate, somebody? Coming, I love that. You're going to hit them, right? Right. Uh, you, you know, so it's a, uh, we I love like, you're teaching the action. You're teaching what you yeah. want. Yeah, I love that. The action that'll lead to it, right? That will yeah. lead to what you want. It's that's yeah. teaching one hundred and one. It's like I gotta, yeah, I want, I gotta teach you the. I'm a math teacher, so I gotta teach you these actions exactly. that I want you to get to. Um, is there one coaching moment that we could dive into for the, to the listeners that a success, a failure, something that they could take away like a golden nugget? I would say. Uh, the greatest thing that I can give, and it was a game changer for me, like um, up until five, six years ago, um, wherever I was, uh, after, after two recruiting classes, we were finishing in first or second place in losing cultures, right? Right. All of our guys are graduating, all this stuff, but just in terms of basketball, you know, like who was who to tell me that I was doing something wrong? Right. I mean – we're, we're either winning the conference or we're finishing second in places that have always been the doormat, right? Right. So we, we lose to the same team and get upset in the playoffs in the first round six years ago. And we had finished uh, – Whitman had one winning season in 20 years when we came in. And we had finished in, um, in a second place six consecutive years. Now, right. you, you look like a sane guy, you know. If you want to become insane – Right finishing second place for six years and going, uh, okay, I'm going to go become a shepherd or something. Cause right. I, I have no, no, how do I turn the right. corner? Right? right. So we get upset. I walk in a, into the hotel room or on the road and I walk upstairs and like, and I, you know, I'm researched. I mean, I, I study it. It's, it's, it's like what I'm about the whole bit. I look in the mirror, flick on the light. I'm in my suit, you know, and I just looked at myself for about 30 seconds and I forgave myself. And I said, you know, I can't do anymore. I can't, right. I can't try any harder. And from right there, I said to myself, you know, I'm okay if we never win the conference. I'm okay with that because I can't, either I'm not very good at it or right. I just can't do I mean, I can't work harder. I'm okay with that. Right. So right, right then and there, I became detached from outcome. Right? Whatever. 
I'm going to try my best. Honestly, yep. I was detached. That's number one. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. Leave a review. We love those five-star reviews. We're going to leave a one-star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.